and welcome to episode 408 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. This is, despite the fact that we've been having episodes released for people, uh, this is actually the first time you and I have been back in this room in the new year together because um, those were all pre-recorded. They were. Yeah. It's been like two weeks, three weeks. It was really, been a while. It was rough to put them all together, but boy, was it nice to just like while we were on holiday break, just being like, "Oh man, these are all just done for us now." I mean, we did the work, but well, you did most of it. Well, and that yeah, but it was it was almost like I had forgotten that I'd done all the editing, and I was just like, "Oh, they're all up. That's great." We should do that more often if this we one. had a actual plan. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah, it's nice when you have an actual plan. <laughs> Um, although I looked at our schedule and it looks, I think we scheduled out a, few, a decent amount of them for the next few weeks. So we shouldn't have to scramble too much. Excellent. None of that matters to anyone listening. No. They don't have to worry about our scrambling. Um, so today I had an idea because it's 2020. Yeah, it is. So yeah, we're going to do Roaring Twenties uh, books set in the 1920s. Um, I think I actually like picked one or two that were written during that time too. Didn't real, didn't mean I have to, one but. that was written during that time. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, we are going to pick a winner from our 2019 Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. And by we're going to pick, I mean I randomized it and already, it already happened. Uh, so our winner of our Professional Book Nerds 2019 Reading Challenge is Robin Mateson. So what I'm going to go with your last name. Robin, I'm sorry if I butchered your last name, but I'm also going to email you so that you... We definitely know that it's you. Um, so congratulations. We're going to send you a e-reader that is courtesy of Overdrive. Um, so thank you for taking part, everyone who sent those in. Congrats, Robin. Congrats. And in case you missed some of our episodes over the holidays, we have a 2020 Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. You can find that challenge either by just going back and listening to the episode or it's on our pinned tweet on Twitter or it's in our Instagram, and it's also on our actual website, Professional Book Nerds, at overdrive.com. So you can just find all those. And over the coming months, we'll do episodes based on each challenge. Yep. Um, Do you read anything good while you were out? <laughs> this is a leading question. That is a leading question. I read The Starless Sea. And I read Homegoing. <laughs> so what were your thoughts? It was so good. I told you when I came in... On the 2nd, or whatever day that was, the 6th, it was Monday, it was only Wednesday, okay. Mm -hmm. So I came in on Monday, and I told you I'm glad that I read it in the new year, because I can still claim that Daisy Jones and the Six is my favorite book of 2019, <laughs> because otherwise, <laughs> the Starless you would have beat it. Um, it was so good. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like, if Aaron Morgenstern wants to take another 10 years, or whatever between books. I'm totally fine waiting. Yeah, it's fine because I'm going to reread that several, several times. So in case you guys don't know what we're like laughing about, Starless Sea was my favorite book of 2019. Jill hadn't read it yet last year. And then Jill's best book of the decade was Homegoing by ya Gassi. We think it's Gassi. I believe that is. I think it's Gassi. Gassi. Um, I read that. That was the first book I read this year. And again, just phenomenal. So good. I told you there's a line at the very end. Um, it doesn't give anything away, but the line is "Welcome home," and one person says it to another, and the, like the way that it's all set up, just absolutely destroyed me. But did you read it or did the audiobook? I did the audiobook. It's the same narrator. It's incredible. It's 
He does all of it. There are so many. It's basically, this is going to be a, like, just very boiled down way of doing this. But it's like if you think of the, the TV series Roots, where there's, like, a long line of a family that goes from Africa to the United States all throughout time. That's a lot of, it's like, what's going on in Homegoing, but there's also... Uh, characters who stay in Africa and the one narrator does these all these different accents and different variations of accents it's it's oh yeah because it goes back and forth between Africa and then one branch goes to the United States and like southern U.S. I mean it's just the same narrator it's phenomenal um I also just I'm reading uh, The 10,000 Doors of January, which came out last year, and it's very much on par with Aaron Morgenstern's Starless Sea. Um, they loved each It's one of those things where two books could come out that are very similar, and one author could think, like, maybe they found some out about my book and had their own idea. Uh, they went just the opposite. They loved each other's books so much that they went on tour together because their books are both about, like, found worlds through magical doors and secret books and... Um, yeah, 10,000 Doors of January is really, really good. Uh, also, I'm not done with it yet, but Darling Rosegold, which is the author, Stephanie Robel, is going to be on the podcast later in the year. But it's a book all about characters going through Munchausen by proxy, and it is dark. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you read this one. Oh, oh God. I mean, it's great. It's incredible, but it's been wrecking my dreams. Oh, I need to finish it tonight so I can stop having weird dreams the rest of the week. So. That's fair. Yeah. Um, anything else that you read on the start of the sea that jumped out at you? I reread Valley of the Dolls. That oh, was, I saw that. That's my first book. You're like the, tattered, uh, your tattered copy. Whew, my poor copy. It has been through a lot. It's been through multiple moves, read multiple times. It is literally falling apart. There are pages falling out. The spine is broken. The spine is so broken that, like, like you know, like... <laughs> I mean, like, I break spines, you know, whatever. That's not the big deal, yeah. but. Rebel. Well, it's a paperback. You know, fold I'm them back, whatever. But um, it's so bad that, that like, at the the paperback, like, s- like a section of the book is coming away, like, on the interior of the spine. <laughs> it's, it's like, un- you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. pulling away from the interior of the spine uh-huh. from too much reading. Like and eight. I had the fancy hardcover, but I just keep, the cover is all taped up. You got, y'all, I. My poor copy of Valley of the Dolls, but it is a well-loved book, you can tell. I think it was... Dog-eared pages and everything. Was that an Instagram story you did? It wasn't like an actual post, right? It was an Instagram story where yeah. I just sort of like took you through a tour of my copy of Valley of the Dolls. I left. Falling apart. Yeah. I was going to tell people to go look at it, but it's on your... It's your story, so it's, it's my stories. It's my stories. Yeah. I mean, I can put up a picture if you want. Uh, my... It's okay. I just enjoyed your like... It's just... <laughs> just you're like going through and then when you showed your actual new like nice copy, you're like, that's not the one I'm reading though. As I did. I bought the 50th anniversary copy when it came out yeah. like two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe three years ago. Um, 2020. I don't even remember when I bought it. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> but no, no. No, no. You read the paperback. That's falling apart. Um, yeah. So, okay, so we're going to get to 2020 or 1920s books in a second. Um, we're doing an interview tomorrow that I'm, I kind of just want to mention because it's for Monday. Um, so you won't have to wait very long. Uh, the person that we're interviewing, her name is Andrea Barber, and if that name doesn't sound familiar, the person that she's famous for will. It's Kimmy Gibbler. Oh, gosh. And I'm so excited. She wrote a book, and it's a memoir, and 
it's all about how she was a child actor and then she was living a normal life and, and she was dealing with mental health and and then she is back and famous again. And I loved the book, but it's just like every person that I've told, specifically my niece, my niece who is that's fair. 13, um, they're all like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. Uh, it's just... It made me. We have so many big things in January for you guys. Yeah. Um. But that one, like I said, we're interviewing her tomorrow. I'm really excited. So, just wanted to give that a shout out. Okay. That will be Monday's episode. Uh. So we're gonna do 1920s books. I have three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, seven, I think. I have five, and you're lucky I had time to find those. <laughs> it's been you were a very, very busy week. <laughs> yeah. I can always tell. Um. Just for like a a little fun look see at our actual job because I, I can't stress this enough. This is not what Jill and I do for a living. We both work at Overdrive and we're both very busy, but I can tell how busy you are by the days when I send you Slack messages and you don't even respond. And I'm like, and in the past, when like we first started doing this, I was like, is Jill mad at me? What's wrong? No, no, no. I understand now. It's just you are swamped. And I'm like, <laughs> nope, I get it. Okay. I have no time. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so if you are listening to this a few hours later than you normally would on Thursday, it's because I didn't get it up in time because we're <laughs> recording it at the end of the day. Also possible. Yeah. Yeah. Also true. All right. So you have five. So you I will start. I will start. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about set in the 1920s is Fall of Giants by Ken Follett. Ken Follett is what I think to be the best historical fiction writer I've ever read. Um Pillars of the Earth of his is one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, and this is the start of a different trilogy called the Century Trilogy, which is really, really good. And it tells the story much like a lot of his books do about five, like, a lot of different families that are interrelated. So this one is five different families. And it starts through the like dramas of the First World War. And then it goes through the Russian Revolution and then the struggle of women's suffrage. And just... The amount of detail that Ken Follett puts in his books—they're very, they're uh, they're heavy, heavy books. They're they're uh, they're and by heavy I mean weight-wise. They're a big, <laughs> they're they're like thick yeah. books. They're very they're very long, um, but it's it's just these five different the way that he inter kind of interacts and puts all these stories together is really really good. So um, if you read Pillars of the Earth and enjoyed that series you will love fall of giants and if you haven't this is a, a good place to start so fall of giants by ken follett is my first one and dan stevens the uh actor is the person who does the narration for this oh yeah huh sometimes uh, my first one is the paris wife by paula mclean i did, i purposely didn't take any paula mclean so that you could <laughs> So, Paula, a couple things. One, she is a Clevelander, Mm -hmm. and we, uh, I interviewed her um, on episode uh, way back in 220. I actually, number 220, I went ahead and looked these up in advance because I'm smart. Um, So, The Paris Wife is all about um, Hadley Richardson, who was Ernest Hemingway's first wife. And, you know, Ernest Hemingway, of course, the writer... um, Sort of a contemporary of, you know, like Gertrude Stein and F. Scott Fitzgerald. Not really the greatest guy or husband. Mm, not great. Not great. <laughs> Married multiple times. Um, yeah. So this is just all about that sort of relationship um, that sort of started everything for him. Um, they lived in Paris where they became, you know, one of those golden couples at that time in the 1920s and the Jazz Age. And it's. Paul McLean, so it's incredibly well written. Um, and yeah, 
Yeah, you should definitely good read stuff. it. It's really, really good. Um, my next one, this should come as a surprise because I've talked about her ad nauseum, but I love Agatha Christie, and I was thinking, if you're going to pick a book from the 1920s as an Agatha Christie book, you should start with The Mysterious Affair at Styles because that is the first book that Hercule Poirot is introduced to. So it's an Agatha Christie book. It's a murder mystery. It's, you know, Obviously, there's things going on, like a gold-digging new spouse, and there's a stepson and a doctor, and we don't know who did it. Um, and the victim is the healthy, healthy, wealthy mistress of Styles Court. Um, yeah, it's a Agatha Christie book. It's so fun. I love Hercule Poirot. I feel like we talked about this before. Do you prefer the Miss Marple books? Or is that someone else who? It's not over? me. Okay, someone in our office prefers the Miss Marple books as opposed to Poirot, but. I love Hercule Poirot, and if you want to have a little bonus enjoyment and do an audiobook, the Hugh Fraser audiobooks of Agatha Christie's stuff is delightful. But if you never read any, they're really, really quick. The um, audiobooks are like six or seven hours. Yeah, they're, they're, they're short. short books. Um, and The Mysterious Affair Styles is a great place to start because it's the first Poirot book. So, yeah. Uh, my next one is The Lost Plot by Genevieve Cogman. I will say that this is actually the fourth book in a series, however... Just go with it. It's fine. So <laughs> this is the Invisible Library series, which I know I've talked about before. Um, it is about um, an invisible library that kind of exists, you know, like outside of our own understanding and has doors to all these alternate worlds and times. And the librarian, Irene, um, is sort of in charge of, like, getting books to and from the right places. Um, and there are dragons involved, and it's just a whole thing. So it's great. So in the Lost Plot, um, she and her assistant, Kai, head to Prohibition Era in New York um, and are thrust into the middle of a political fight with dragons, mobsters, and fays. So, I mean, you got everybody there. <laughs> just... Man. Uh, How do you not... Yeah, I love a magical library book. Love it. This kind of goes back to uh, our episode 393 where we talked about the page master for like a oh, really yeah, long that's time. Right. Yeah. Magical libraries are the best. Magical library. I feel like, you know, the reading glasses gals do their um, their reading wheelhouses all the time. And I feel like while you and I have different wheelhouses, things that definitely align is like Prohibition 1920s New York and magical libraries like those – it's like I our Venn diagram. Th- right. And I think it's like not just magical libraries because you can have magical libraries that exist in our world. I like the magical libraries that exist like parallel to our world. Absolutely. Like the Starless Sea or, um, you know, the Invisible Library series or something else. I was just thinking, you know, that my brain is not working. Um, did Neverwhere have a library? Um, I don't remember if there's a library. I don't believe it had a library. But it's still an idea of like a world sort of parallel to ours, Mm -hmm. like under it, part of it, not really like side, like a side. I don't know. It's just. I mean, I can't believe I've let you say this this long about realizing that I could have said His Dark Materials, which also has a, which has parallel worlds. It does. It does. Technically is a library um, at Jordan College. True. Um, Guys, just watch The Page Master. It's such a classic movie. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, my next one is The Paragon Hotel by Lindsay Fay. 
I'm going to read the description because this is a book I actually haven't read before. The year is 1921, and nobody, Alice James, has just arrived in Oregon with a bullet wound, a lifetime's experience battling the New York Mafia, and $50,000 in illicit cash. She befriends Max, a black Pullman porter who reminds her achingly of home and who saves Alice by leading her to the Paragon Hotel. But her unlikely sanctuary turns out to be an all-black hotel in a Jim Crow city, and its lodgers seem unduly terrified of a white woman on the premise. And it goes from there. So, um, yeah, this same thing. It has a little bit of like the it's she's not in New York, but it has like the New York Mafia, like prohibition stuff. And there's some dirty money and all sorts of stuff in there. So this one I am actually I was while I was searching for this. I was it's like, oh, I'm actually going to read this. I'm not just going to recommend it. I was totally thinking about this, too, while putting this list together in that like for the 1920s, it always seems to be New York. And then the 1930s, it's L.A. I think it's because of the movies. But yeah. And then the rest of America is just non-existent. Forgotten I don't know. About. <laughs> Why? Forgot about. I also do have, I found some that at least, because I am a, another thing I'm a huge, huge uh, nerd for is like early, early Hollywood stuff. So I have mm-hmm. like one or two yeah. of those as well. Also love, true. Love those. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. My next one is The Masterpiece by Fiona Davis. If you didn't have a Fiona Davis book in here, I was going to be so shocked. Speaking of 1920s New York, so the masterpiece, <laughs> speaking of just New York in general, uh-huh. um, the masterpiece is, you know, so we've had Fiona on. We, She and I actually talked specifically about this book in episode 283. Um, Fiona takes a New York landmark and um, tells um, sort of – the story of it in two different um, time periods. So where the story is connected by some way, you're not just not sure how. Um, so in this particular instance, it is Grand Central Terminal, and it is the 1920s and then the 1970s. During the 1970s, um, they almost tore down Grand Central because it was just in disarray and awful and not kept up but in the 1920s there was actually an art school at grand central which is just incredible um and it is about a uh clara she is a teacher there um but because she's a woman she's not really taken seriously among the men at the school because because men men because so (laughs) um and, you know, because it's Fiona Davis, she does an incredible job just sort of talking about the time period and this iconic um, landmark in New York. Mm-hmm. Her next one, which comes out soon, sometime in the next couple of months, I don't remember for sure, um, is The Lions of Fifth Avenue, which refer to the Lions, Patience and Fortitude. Thank you. Outside, uh, I only remember that because I believe it was in the Starless Sea. Yes, it was. 100%. <laughs> um, which are the lions outside of the New York Public Library. And I believe that is the 19... 19- I was just looking it up. It's the 1930s, and I don't remember what the other time period is. I don't either. Yeah, that's the Lions of Fifth Avenue, so that comes out. That sounds... Oh, so excited about that. Uh, my next one, mentioned L.A., The Girls in the Picture by Melanie Benjamin. So she did a little bit. This one starts in 1914, but the majority of the book is based in the 20s. So 
25-year-old Frances Marion has left her second husband and her Northern California home for the lure of Los Angeles, where she's determined to live independently as an artist. The word on everyone's lips these days is flickers, the silent moving pictures enthralling theatergoers. Turn any corner in this burgeoning... Yes. I always say that wrong. Burgeoning town, and you'll find made-up actors running around as a movie camera captures it all. In this fledgling industry, Frances finds her true calling, writing stories for this wonderful new medium. She also makes the acquaintance of actress Mary Pickford, whose signature golden curls and lively spirit have earned her the title of America's Sweetheart. The two ambitious women hit it off uh, instantly, and their kinship forms a mutual fever to create and move audiences to a frenzy. And they start a revolution, but their ambitions are challenged by both, shocker, men around them and the limitations imposed by their gender. Uh, So this book is, again, all about early uh, Hollywood, and we get uh, little drop-ins from, like, Douglas Fairbanks and Charlie Chaplin and Rudolph Valentino and all sorts of other, like, famous early Hollywood people, so... Sounds really, really good. I'm excited. This is another one. I haven't read it, but I'm absolutely going to. It's called The Girls in the Picture. A couple of years ago, I wrote a screenplay of Macbeth where I said it in a speakeasy in Cleveland in the 1920s. I feel like I need to go back to that. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it started as a novel, and then that wasn't working out. So then I wrote a screenplay. That's all I. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's it. That's a statement. That's amazing. It was fantastic. It was like whole underwater thing okay it doesn't matter <laughs> anyway there was like a bar i think or it was like the river i don't remember i love this. there was something with with the river in cleveland um okay so i'm actually gonna cheat a little bit and put these next my last two together but i promise there was a point to it so um my first one is mrs dalloway by virginia wolf um which is Virginia Woolf, written in the 1920s, set in the 1920s. So in this book, um, Clarissa Dalloway, it's it's covers a day. It takes place over the course of a day um, where Clarissa Dalloway is planning a party. Um, but as that is happening, um, she is reflecting back on events that happened 30 years ago um, where there was like an illicit kiss um, with... Uh, someone she knows it's a classic but of course you can't talk about Mrs. Dalloway without talking about The Hours Uh by uh, Michael Cunningham so The Hours takes place over three different time periods it's the present um, 1940s LA and then 1920s and the 1920s is actually Virginia Woolf writing Mrs. Dalloway then there's a modern day Clarissa um, sort of stand in for Clarissa Dalloway and then a um a woman in the 1940s Los Angeles planning a party, or I mean, um, not planning a party, um, living in the 1940s and reading Mrs. Dalloway. So there's just like a lot of layers happening. Yeah. A lot of layers. Okay. It's a really good book, too. Yeah. They both are. <laughs> uh, so I have three left. I'll go through the two of them pretty quickly. So first one is The Trial by Kafka. Uh, I, I know I've talked about this before, but I... This is my personal favorite of his novels. Um, it was published after his death. He didn't want people to read it. It like he was didn't think it was very good, and his friend discovered it. And it is told in a way. It's the story of this bank clerk, Joseph K. He is arrested at the beginning of the novel and is never explained what he was arrested for. And so he spends the entire 
novel trying to figure out what is going on, why he was arrested, what it's for, what's what's going to happen. And it feels very, the, the book feels very disjointed and uncomfortable as you read it. And the reason why is like my favorite thing about any book ever. Uh, when Kafka wrote it in his notes, the first chapter and the last chapter, he specifically defined as the first chapter and the last chapter. And he wrote all the other chapters in a way that they can be read in any order. So you read the first chapter first, you read the last chapter last, but you can read all of the other ones. There's no dates or times except for the fact that it's set in the 1920s. There are no dates or times that are shown. It, they, nothing feels like it follows in a chronological order. And the purpose of that is because all the nonsensical stuff that Joseph is going through and why it's making no sense for the fact that he can't get any answers about what's going on, you can get that same experience no matter how you read it. So it's a very interesting book and... I really, really like it. So that's The Trial by Kafka. And then another book that is written back in that time, uh, Tender is the Night by F. Scott Fitzgerald. So everyone knows Greg Gatsby. Uh, I took a American literature course where we also read Tender is the Night. And I personally think it's better than uh, The Great Gatsby. Just uh, please don't tweet at me. I'm aware everyone's obsessive love over Gatsby. Um, but it's a story of these two people uh, Dick and Nicole Diver and they're this glamorous couple and they take this trip to the south of France and there's all these young friends that they kind of get together with it's a very classic like you know rich people at a hotel coming together and then uh, an African American not sorry not African American black man they're not in America uh, is murdered and they try to figure out what's going on and there's all these interpersonal relationships and everything but the part that I like about this and is what makes it so interesting um and i only knew this because we studied it uh while f scott fitzgerald was writing this he was caring for his wife who was dealing with schizophrenia and he puts a lot of those aspects into this book um there's a big big i actually was going through some of the descriptions of this just to see what people were saying about it on and one of the descriptions on overdrive.com has a super big spoiler in the middle of the plot, and I was a little irritated at whichever publisher sent this version because it's like, here's the big plot's like twist, and they have it in there, so I'm not going to do that. But if you like Gatsby, I think you'll really like Tender is the Night. Um, there's just a lot of, like I said, interesting. When you see how it's written and then you know that it was a lot, like the mental health aspects of it were stuff that he was thinking a lot about because he was dealing with it in his real life kind of adds to a, like a wrinkle to the book, so... Uh, and then the last one is The Electric Hotel by Dominic Smith. Uh, this is going back to old-timey Hollywood. So um, it starts in the 1920s. Claude Ballard has been living in the Hollywood Knickerbocker Hotel. Uh, he was a French pioneer of silent films who started out as an agent for the Lumiere brothers, who were the inventors of cinema, and now he spends his days foraging for mushrooms in the hills of Los Angeles and taking photographs. But when a film history student comes to interview Claude about the Electric Hotel, which is this lost masterpiece uh, that bankrupted him and ended his career, the past comes surging back. And so he relives everything that's going on with the hotel and the movie that he wrote and all sorts of great stuff. So The Electric Hotel by Dominic Smith is really, really good. And again, if you're a fan of old-timey Hollywood highly recommend it so that was a bunch we gave we gave yeah. you guys a bunch uh, in the near future we will get to again we'll do some recommendations for our professional book nerds 2020 reading challenge let me see um, probably 
late, probably in early February, looking at our schedule. Because it looks like we have everything scheduled out for this month. All right. Go us. Go us. Um, Is there anything else that you think people should know about on this lovely early January day? I don't think so. I don't think so either. All right, guys. Uh, Again, apologies because I know for a fact this is going to go up a little bit later in the day because I'm not going to get it done. But I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of 2020 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.